Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I am Nuna Isi Ma. If you are new to the podcast, this is where we explore how to transform trauma into sovereign power, soulful purpose, and sacred pleasure, so that you can have the success and fulfillment in all your life circles and be the woman you are born to be. Hello guys and welcome back to Rise. I am so happy to present you to this guest that will talk about what is really, really resonates with the topic of our summit. And her name is Prima McVeer. Yeah, I hope I said your surname right. <laughs> Prima McKeever, but McKeever. close enough. Okay, good. <laughs> And Prima is a somatic therapist, international educator, and facilitator of the renowned transformational process, Path of Love. She brings more than 25 years of experience in body-mind therapies and emotional release work to guide people worldwide to heal from trauma and create authentic and meaningful lives. Thank you so much, Prima, for being here and sharing your genius with us. Thank you. Really my pleasure. I'm, I'm so happy to be here and I'm so excited about the purpose of your summit. You know, having people come together, find their power, unleash their creativity, get in touch with how their own, can, they can be agents of transformation in the world. It is so needed right now. So oh, I'm thrilled. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel the same and uh, I'm very passionate about the time that we are uh, living at the moment and, and on the t- transformation that happens um, worldwide and on a global level and it really brings back for me the work that each and every individual needs to do inside right inside mm-hmm. their body uh, to create the world that we really want to move into and then mm-hmm. um, and I can't wait to dive into the topic of our conversation because I think it is such a vital, important piece. And that's uh, dealing with our inner critic. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, all the people listening have an experience with the inner critic, right? Yes, pretty much we all have one. maybe some people don't but that'd be in the vast minority of the population and actually I think our understanding our inner critic and working to heal our inner critic can be one of the greatest pathways to inner knowing to really healing the layers of trauma that we're all carrying inside and this work to work to to work with our inner critic you know for so long it's been the work of, of talk therapy just trying to work through the mind but our bodies can play such a valuable role in this as well. It's really a type of work that makes us uh, dive into our belief systems, to feel our feelings, to be able to get connected to our emotions, and to really start to generate some compassion for ourselves. So in a way, working with the inner critic, it's the end result is what we want, but the path to get there is so rich and brings up so much growth for us. There's a lot here to understand. So if you don't mind, I, maybe I just dive in and explain a little bit about mm. the inner critic. Yeah, because yeah. we oftentimes, yeah, we have this idea that it's this loud, angry voice in our head. And uh, it can take actually many different forms for different people. 
But I think the important thing is to start to understand what's the cause? Why do we even have an inner critic? You know, I, I don't think dogs have one. I, I don't know if cats have one, <laughs> but all humans have one. What's going on here? Well, um, it turns out that the inner critic is actually this part of us that reinforces a sense of self that we started to develop somewhere around age three, four, five, six years old. Yeah, it's in this, it's in this, this time in life where the child is really, as children, we're really being shaped by our environment. If you've ever seen children this age, you know how they're always looking around, they're watching everything. They're really smart. They're picking up on the relationships and who's doing what and what's getting rewarded and what's getting punished. So the child at this age is really watching and absorbing their environment. Yeah, we get shaped by our environment. And at this time, you can even think about for yourself, you know, a helpful way to actually understand what some of the triggers for your inner critic might be, what actually might bring about your inner critic is to think, um, what parts of you did your family really enjoy or value about you? Yeah. Did your family really like it when you were happy, easygoing, uh, maybe like strong, self-reliant, you didn't need anybody else, you kind of just took care of yourself. Uh, like I said, you didn't need much from other people. If you were smart, is that how you got rewarded in your family? So thinking about what parts of your family environment did they really you know, value you for? What got you rewarded? And then thinking about what parts of you were not welcomed in your family? You know, maybe um, your sadness wasn't welcomed or being uh, vulnerable or being angry or even being too loud or energetic or expressive. You know, maybe you were criticized for talking too much. Well, so if you have this early environment where you have these parts of you that are really valued and other parts that are not valued, we start learning to act in ways that will get us this value and that pulls us back from things that might get disapproved of, which is fine and good, but this is based on the worldview of a six-year-old. And we're all still carrying this inner six-year-old inside of us. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because obviously we can tell when we have the really loud negative inner critic. We all know when we have that voice inside that's saying, you know, you're stupid, you're ugly, you can't do it, you're not enough. But there's also much more subtler ways that the inner critic shows up. And that's important, you know, to really start to work with our inner critic and to move back into a sense of self-confidence or a sense of um, I can do it. You know, I have capacity to really start to feel our courage. One of the first things we have to do is we have to be able to learn to recognize when self-criticism comes up. So even if you think you know your judge and many, many people think they do, there's probably some ways that it's operating that we're not aware of. And it might be um, in certain physical sensations, or it could be um, a certain kind of dizziness or spaciness comes up. Uh, some of us, it can be a certain kind of sinking feeling in our stomach, or all of a sudden we start feeling guilty or start or feelings that were not quite worth something. Or I noticed for me, like a, a big one for me is procrastination. 
Mm-hmm. Like if I'm procrastinating on something, you, you're, yeah, you, you know, this is like, if there's, I have to start to question, why have I not written this thing? Or why have I not put this thing together? It may look like on the outside, I'm kind of busy, but when I stop and really feel into it, there's usually this subtle inner critic voice is casting all this doubt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would say that um, perfectionism is another one, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The feeling that if yeah. we don't get it perfect, mm-hmm. we can't even go forward with it or we keep working on it or this, this huge pressure we have inside of ourselves that we have to be perfect. We can't speak up until we know exactly the right thing to say, you know, or we can't really put our ideas out there until we know exactly what to say. We can't ask for what we want until we're really clear and grounded and know exactly what it was. Yeah, this whole idea of perfectionism, this carrot on the stick that none of us can get to. None of us are perfect. I don't care what they look like on Instagram, okay? (laughs) None of us are perfect. And that's one of the doorways to freedom. When we can accept our own imperfections, when we can accept our humanness, and that to be human is, is to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And just feel in your body for a second. I notice even as I say that to you, there's actually a little bit of relaxation that comes into me. Can you yeah? see I just moved my leg and, and got more comfortable in my chair? That's true. Yeah. Yes. When we can actually accept our limitations and not expect this perfection, like if I don't expect myself to have this perfect conversation with you, but if we could just get to be human with each other and really share and bring forth something that could hopefully be of value to the people listening. Great. Perfect. Forget about it. Let's just throw it out the door. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so, and that gives us perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because one of the things about the inner critic is it tends to um, warp or globalize our experience. So instead of having the thought of, okay, um, you know, I failed or I made a mistake, instead of that, which might be a legitimate thought, maybe we did fail a test, or maybe we did make a mistake at work, or maybe we sent the wrong email, and maybe we did something like that. We do that sort of things all the time. You know, instead of it's like, okay, I did make this mistake, it's instead becomes, I am a failure. So this whole global thing happens, or instead of, you know, I'm disappointed by something, you know, I'm, I'm hurt by something. And then we start judging ourselves for it. And, you know, we, we, we experience hurt or disappointment, but then the inner critic comes in and turns that into my whole life is a disappointment. My whole life is a disaster. You know, it, you know, if, if, if you had a friend who talked to you that way, would you actually mm-hmm. listen or trust that friend? No, no. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't, but we have this thought that somehow we need this critic to keep us safe. And that's, and, and that's where coming into our body, you know, the first step is we need to understand the critic. We need to be able to catch those little cues, really the more awareness, the, uh, the, it starts with awareness because we can't do anything about it. If we're not aware that we're in the midst of an inner critic attack, even a really subtle one. So the more kind of cues that we have that we can use to catch ourselves engaging in this self-criticism or this perfectionism or this procrastination, whatever it may be, that's important. Then the next step is we have to get mindful and mindfulness because mindfulness helps us stop that globalizing, helps us get actually present to what is right now. 
instead of my life is a dis disappointing disaster, it comes back down to, okay, I'm disappointed or I made a mistake rather than my whole life is a mistake. So mindfulness allows us to be with our present moment experience as it is. Now I'll say this, I'm, I'm a somatic therapist. I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner. I work with trauma. I work with the body. I'm a breathwork facilitator. I'm not a great meditator. <laughs> you know, when we think of mindfulness, we think of sitting silently in a cave and having the empty mind of thoughts and, and that we need that somehow to be mindful, but actually using our body, using the, 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 the tool of our, what's called our felt sense um, is a direct pathway into being with our present moment experience. And, and do you know what the felt, maybe should I, ex should I explain what the felt sense is? Maybe that mm -hmm. might be helpful. Mm -hmm. So when we have an experience, normally the first thing we have about it is we have a, a thought about it. You know, um, like, you know, for instance, uh, uh, my, I'm, I'm a disaster or I've, I'm, I've screwed up or I'm a mess up or I'm a, I'm a failure. Those sort of, those are kind of evaluations. Those are thoughts. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to go down to the feeling. Well, what am I actually feeling right now? Okay, I'm feeling uh, sadness. I'm feeling fear. If we, if we take down the feelings that's behind those thoughts, because the thoughts are going to keep us spinning up here. Feelings are in our body. So we come down to our feeling level. Okay, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling afraid. Okay, then we have to go down to the felt sense level. And the felt sense is the body. Okay, where in my body? How am I feeling that right now? Well, there's a tightness in my chest. Um, my belly's uh, shaking a bit. Um, I notice it's, it's um, a little tight in my belly as well. Okay, right there, we've gone from this whole global, my life is a disaster, down to being with our actual present moment experience. We've just gotten mindful by connecting to the felt sense of our experience. And that allows us to actually be with ourselves in a kind way. Because with that felt sense, we need to turn towards ourselves with curiosity. We need to turn towards ourselves with an openness. These are all qualities or ways of being that are, that are exact opposite of the inner critic attack. Because the inner critic attack shuts down curiosity. It shuts down openness. All it has is judgment and uh, fear and condemnation and criticism. But when we can turn towards our present moment experience, oh, okay, this is what I'm feeling right now. Okay, that shifts everything because that then creates new possibilities for something different. Nothing different can happen when we're in that fight, fight, or flee, fight, <laughs> tongue twister, fight, flight, or freeze. Because when we are under an inner critic attack, we actually move ourselves into a fight, flight, or freeze response. You know, fight is attacking ourselves. Flight is when we try to just avoid something. You know, we, we tend to just try to make ourselves disappear, get out of the situation, not deal with it, not being present. And we, know, we all know what freeze is. Yeah, and we just like feel like we're locked up and there's nothing we can do and we're just stuck. Turning to our body, coming back to our body and the felt sense experience of what's arising is the antidote to all three of those things. Yeah, because then we bring compassion. We can bring openness. We can say something kind to ourselves actually in those moments. And we can feel that instead of my life is a disaster up here, what, what's really happening 
I have some tightness in my chest, a fluttering in my belly, and some tightness in my, my belly as well. Okay, can we take a breath into that? Can I meet that and let myself feel those feelings without getting lost in them, having full awareness? We're not bypassing them. This is not any bypassing. We're actually meeting with honesty, our direct experience. And that's so important with an inner critic attack. So, uh, yeah, I love that. I love what you said. I completely resonate with, with all of it. Um, you know, I'm a, yeah, this is also my approach, of course, um, you know, being a breathwork uh, therapist and working with trauma, it always comes back to the body. And what happens mm -hmm. that in the mind, we, we have those wiring that, um, you know, it's, it's almost a, a neurotransmitters that wire in a certain familiar way that keep on repeating the same, um, the same pathways. And unless we come to the body and, and really sit with what is happening in the body and, and, and slowly also start to reprogram in the mind, because, you know, once we're aware of what's going on, we can decide to, to input different thoughts, right, that are more supportive, that are more inspiring, that are more uh, empowering. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really the work is always, always um, through the body-mind connection, you know, I can't say it's only the body, because that also have been right and annihilating yeah. the, the mind it's the body mind which is all over the mind sits all over the body and of totally. course the body is is yeah so so this yeah, is the, really the work absolutely i mean the body is just in many ways the outward expression of the mind mm -hmm. you know wilhelm reich said you don't have to actually take a client's history it walks into the room with them all of our armoring, our defensive patterns, our way of showing up, our ability to connect or not connect, our ability to express our needs or not be able to express our needs, the ability to feel like we have the right to be here or not, all that shows up in our body. But it's, you're right, it's all one whole and that all gets shaped in that early life environment. So we really have to, we have to meet the present moment experience and we also need to be able to experience the pain or feel what was missing when we were younger mm -hmm. because we didn't get it then, but we can give it to ourselves now. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we, we unfortunately can't go back and have a different childhood or a different family environment, but we ourselves have the capacity. Now we have the resources and the capacity to start to meet those needs in our side of ourselves. So like you said, you know, finding compassionate words for yourself or uh, writing a self-compassionate letter to yourself is something really nice. Um, and then the self-awareness, finding ways to talk to yourself in a kind way. Mm -hmm. And if that's not possible, what the thing I love doing is just placing a hand on my heart. And that's what I do a lot of times. Yes. That's yeah. exactly, that's exactly what, was, what I was about to say. So thank you for saying that. That's exactly it. That's, that's also my method. I wrote it in the book. I really feel that once we bring the hand on the heart, we come back home. There is a, there is a sense of, ah, okay, I'm here. It's, it's almost mm -hmm. like expanding that love, that connection, that um, belonging to, to oneself. So yeah, mm -hmm. thank you for that. 
Absolutely. I mean, studies have shown actually that placing a hand on our heart releases oxytocin. Mm -hmm. That's the love hormone that helps us feel bonded, helps us feel safe, secure, connected. Because let's not forget, I mean, it's not the fault of the child that we develop this inner critic. We have to fit in with our family. Mm -hmm. We don't have a choice. (laughs) You know, the child is faced with the impossible uh, dilemma of do I get to be authentic and fully be myself and express or do I get to stay connected to my family? Well, the child, we have to stay connected to our family. And the whole part of the journey is now as adults, okay, some of the things I do, and I'll give an example of this. You know, um, I was about, I was about 29 years old and I was having a lot of financial problems. I was a financial, I I was about to say I was a financial wreck. That might be a bit of an inner critic statement right there. I was kind of globalizing (laughs) myself there, but I was having a lot of financial problems. I was not able to find jobs that paid me well. I couldn't really get going in my work. There was a lot of issues there. And I was stopped at a traffic light one day and I was, I was just going, what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on here? And you know, when you have those kind of those flashes of insight, thank God for them, they can change everything. All of a sudden I just had this flash and I realized, oh my God, I have the feeling that if I make more money than my father, I'm being a disloyal daughter. Mm. And my father was not a successful man financially. And I realized it was that old childhood belief. Can the little girl be bigger or better than daddy? No. So what did that inner critic absorb? You cannot outshine your dad because that my child part knew that my dad was a man who for certain reasons of his own trauma, he had to be seen as the great one in many ways. He, you know, you can't be bigger or better than daddy. And so my inner critic took that on and I could see it in the sabotage. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I could see how I was always sabotaging myself. My inner critic was saying, no, you're going to stay safe. You're going to stay connected to your family. And if that means you're not going to be financially successful, so be it. You'll suffer right along with your family and you'll fit right in that way. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's happening on the subconscious mind, right? And um, oh. and I see it also um, very often with the mother. Um, you know, we we all coming from a culture where our mothers were suppressed and oppressed, and uh, you know, patriarchal um, society for thousands of years, and they had to adapt. They had to find coping mechanisms, and um, and many times. Um, Unconsciously, they um, obviously transmitted that that to us uh, growing up, but we also feel that we cannot um, outshine or, or, um, you know, actualize ourselves where when our mothers were not allowed to do so. And it's a very deep Mm -hmm. subconscious uh, behavior. It's not something that we really think with, with with the aware mind. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's when you dig into all those, um, you know, foundational limiting beliefs that we adopted and, and that we even genetically received through epigenetics, right? Um, yes. yes, yes, absolutely. So everything you're saying, completely 100%. So we need to become aware. We need to, we need to root out what are these little hidden ways the inner critic inside of us? A lot of that we'll see through our body, through our behavior patterns, through wanting one thing, but something else showing up in our lives. Yeah, so awareness. 
and then coming to our body, finding that experience, connecting with our feelings, really being present in the here and now with what's happening, not bypassing it and not making it more than it is. And then we have to learn how to disidentify from it. So, okay, we have this pattern, we can feel it, we can feel the hurt. So then we have to start finding ways to separate out from the inner critic. And that can look different for different people. And, and I'll lead us in a little bit of an exercise at the end today where people can get a sense of how their body might want to separate from the inner critic. For some of us, it's by saying these kind words to ourselves. For other ones of us, it's saying, yeah, okay, you know what? I recognize you now. You're that voice. I'm going to have you go sit over there in that chair in the corner. Um, for, I, I find it really helpful to kind of do a little bit of a pushing movement. Like I will literally do a movement like this to say, okay, inner critic off that way. I do not need you right now. Some people might, might you can swear at it. Some people might jump up and down and be like, ah, 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 you know, gibberish, finding a way to then disidentify and separate from that voice is so important. That's, an, that's another step that needs to happen. But we also, we need to understand that this inner critic really arose as we're talking about out of our early relationships, out of everything that happened in our early life. These are strong patterns. And because they did happen in relationship, I think one of the uh, most powerful ways to heal is in relationship. Yeah. You know, I'm sure other people say this as well. I know I do. We didn't get hurt by trees. Okay. Going out and hugging a tree is beautiful, but that's not who hurt us to begin with, to learn how to feel safe, and be seen and be supported and be expressed, letting ourselves express among other people is so incredibly valuable for healing the inner critic. And that's why I think group work is an amazing venue for helping us start to unpack and explore and expose and put all of this out there and then get something back that was different than our early childhood, because that's also what's needed. You know, we got criticized or we got shamed or we got, we subtly got the message that the way we're being is not okay here. Mm -hmm. Well, how is it different when we get back the, the feedback from people around us of, yes, I love seeing you like this. I love it when you use your voice. I love it when you let your power come through, or I love it when you let your tears or your vulnerability come through. Mm -hmm. Such a healing experience. It really helps us put the past in the past. Like many of us, we need we need, we need an update. We need a software update. We need new experiences to come in that contraindicate or yeah, contradict these earlier experiences um, that really help us see new possibilities for relationships and trust. Yeah. I love that. I love, I love it. Uh, we need an update. That is so true, um, yeah. right? Because we... Yeah, I mean, many of us just uh, live, live life on automatic pilot and we do what we need to do. And, um, you know, until uh, either we change it by choice or by, by chance, right? So yes. we can decide to dive into it and, and start the process. And, um, mm -hmm. and I like it how you said in the beginning that it's in the process of healing that we actually receive our biggest gifts in this yes. lifetime, right? So, yes. so, so this yes. is really the path of empowerment anyway. And we mm -hmm. either decide to embark on it from our choice because we're ready to have that update. We're ready to show up in our full colors, in our full potential as we meant to do here because we're not here by chance and we all have 
some sacred mission, right? As yes. small or big as it might be. Or if we don't do it by choice, then chance will have us do that, right? Because our higher soul constantly wants to push us to our next level of evolution. And if we don't take it by choice, then, you know, it will be an accident. It will be a disease. It will be, a, you know, I mean, COVID now has been shaken everybody, right? Uh, to some shape, form or degree. And, um, and really made us uh, stop a second and reevaluate our life and reevaluate our priorities and, mm-hmm. um, and really take inventory of what is going inside. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 absolutely. And with the inner critic, you know, in the pathway of healing that early life pain and the path and, the, and on the journey of really getting in touch with those feelings that we've learned, we weren't, you know, the feelings that we've kind of put into the shadow, things that we develop shame around. You know, our inner critic is going to get is going to get kicked up and active whenever we start to move outside that small box that we put ourselves into as a child. It's kind of like we put on a, a safety jacket when we're six years old, but now we're 40 years old and that jacket really doesn't fit anymore, but we're still trying to wear it because we think that's how we're going to be safe. So when we start pushing those edges, it is totally normal for our inner critic voice to come up mm-hmm. and for people who want to be leaders totally normal healers people going on their own healing journey mm-hmm. that, that voice can come up and say oh no no it's not going to be safe to take a look at this part of our life it's not going to be safe to feel all that and that's because we've learned to we, we learned early in life that yes we want to avoid physical pain we don't want to you know put our, our hand on a hot stove of course but we are strong enough now for emotional pain and by trying to keep avoiding our emotional pain we're actually creating more pain for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so the path of healing through the inner critic is going to challenge us in so many different ways. And it's the path of finding our authentic strength. Mm-hmm. It's the path of finding our way to connect really into ourselves, to connect to our bodies, connect to our feelings. It's the path to find our confidence. And in many ways, it's the path to really start to discover who am I as a unique human being? Mm-hmm. And what do I want to put out there in the world? Because that's edgy. You know, we're so, we're so fearful of cancel culture or different ways people criticize each other or the horrible ways people write to each other on social media. But so many of us have such important messages inside that need to come out. And so by working with our inner critic and finding our way back to ourselves, it's, it's so much in service of both our own good and, and the wider good. Yeah. Yeah, and what comes to mind is that uh, imposter syndrome, um, you know, um, piece that I think so many of us have uh, almost ingrained in us. And it's important to, to, to bring it to the light and share that, you know, we all have uh, still maybe carrying even the fear of being seen, right? Yes. And the yes. fear of our greatness and the fear of success and the fear mm-hmm. of persecution i mean we still carry mm-hmm. that in our epigenetics there is not even seven generation past since uh, women were burned on the stake and you know tortured for mm-hmm. um being healers and medicine women and uh, showing mm-hmm. empathy to animals and yeah, yeah so so we still i think as a tribe working through that individually and collectively right I, I love what you're saying there. And it points to a really important piece about compassion. 
Mm -hmm. So we have compassion for ourselves, self-compassion. Part of that is we recognize our common humanity. Mm -hmm. We recognize, yes, not only do I make mistakes, like every human being makes mistakes, but I'm also caring so much here of what our collective humanity is carrying, both intergenerationally, you know, intergenerational trauma, plus our whole society messages, our cultural messages. So a really important piece of bringing self-compassion, which is what we absolutely need it with our inner critic. You know, we need to meet these parts of ourselves with kindness mm-hmm. is not only being able to be mindful and present to our current experience, but to be kind to ourselves, to recognize, to be able to talk kindly to ourselves, to be able to put that hand on our, our heart, act kindly to ourselves, and to recognize, yes, I'm having this experience just like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of other people are having this experience Mm -hmm. yeah it's not that there's something wrong with me this is the human condition Mm -hmm. it's 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 quite amazing how part of a huge part of of the human journey is to learn how to be able to just be ourselves Mm-hmm. You know, to just be able to come back and be human. And like you said, let ourselves be seen, let ourselves be heard, let ourselves express. And there's so much beauty in that. It doesn't mean we have to be extraordinary in that expression, but it's really the pathway to feel like we're living a fulfilled, meaningful life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So important work for all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, also self-forgiveness, right? To mm-hmm. be able to forgive ourselves. We cannot have forgiveness for anyone else before we forgive ourselves. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest messages I've learned on my journey because I had to forgive uh, many people in my life. And, um, and I could really, really deeply integrate forgiveness only mm-hmm. after I forgave myself for whatever whatever I held myself accountable for in the past, mm-hmm. you know, all my failures or what I perceived as failures or weaknesses or, you know, could have done it differently kind of scenario um, because we all have that and really bringing back that compassion together with that self-forgiveness to say to ourselves, yeah, we are not perfect. We are human beings and that's okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, can you imagine what a difference it would be if we could let ourselves just simply be, Mm -hmm. you know, if we could be just human beings and not human doers Mm -hmm. who think they have to constantly be trying to prove or do something to earn love, to earn the right to have connection in their life, to be able to earn the right to feel safe here. Mm -hmm. You know, our value, our worthiness is here inherently because we are. There's nothing that we need to do to earn our value or earn our worthiness. We, it is because we are, we exist, we are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, all, all the studies show that the only difference between people who have a sense of worthiness and the people who don't have a sense of their own worthiness is the people who have a sense of the worthiness believe they are worthy. Mm-hmm. There is no actual difference. We are worthy and valued just because we are. And to get back to that place, it's not just as simple as statement as after the get back to the place. Many of us have to do the work of healing the trauma. Mm-hmm. We didn't come to a place of feeling unworthy or unvalued 
out of, you know, having a home life that valued us and reflected us in our essence and saw us for who we are and really respected our growing energies and strengths and development. No, we have to, we have to feel that we have to go through and be able to work with the traumas that are being held in our body. That's being held in the way we breathe and the way we hold ourselves, the way we have tension, the way we, we restrict and hold ourselves back. So it is a lifelong journey and on different levels. It, it can often feel like, oh, I'm back here again. I'm back here again. I'm back here again. But no, it's where we, we might be dealing with something similar, but it's from a different perspective. It's from a different understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought about it's like a spiral, right? Like a spiral. Exactly. We, we kind of spiral in, hopefully up, yeah, if we're doing yeah. the work. And, uh, and then we, we see things differently. We see more uh, pieces. We understand more. We integrate more. And, yeah. um, and that's really the work. And it's a lifelong work. And uh, mm-hmm. especially, I think, for us, coming from, from the culture that have, you know, been... Um, bringing us up to this point, uh, maybe, you know, I hope that it will be different for our children and grandchildren and, you know, mm-hmm. but we are the generation that really have the opportunity to, to feel it, to heal it and to clear that intergenerational trauma backwards and forwards for generations to come. And uh, that takes work. And I think we are the pioneers and the courageous ones. And especially mm-hmm. everyone here on the summit, I salute you for being here. You are on yes. the path. You are the courageous ones. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yes. The ones who are, who are taking the time to, to be able to work through their pain. It's really a sacred act mm-hmm. to heal our trauma, to heal our inner critic wounds is a sacred act of Mm -hmm. Mm self-love. Just by doing that, you're practicing compassion. Mm -hmm. Practicing compassion and healing these wounds, it can be in big steps, like doing like a big group process or something, you know, something really intensive. They can also be in these small little daily acts, ways that we find, oh, we find ourselves attacking ourselves. Okay, you know what? I'm going to set that aside right now and let me put my hand on my heart or a hand on my belly. And, and just say a few kind words as if I was talking to a friend right now. Mm-hmm. It's these simple, small daily acts mm-hmm. that you're, like you're saying earlier, we need, we need an update and we need to rewire the patterns. Well, we don't do that overnight, mm-hmm. but it's through daily repetitive, small actions that we do start to rewire neuroplasticity. We do start to create changes. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people can get really hard on themselves or, or go into an inner critic attack or they're not doing good enough or big enough or fast enough. Mm-hmm. No, it's the, it's the daily acts and the, and the commitment to yourself to continue on the path. And yes, I also salute everyone who's here on the summit. Absolutely. You're in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you have a, a, an embodiment process for us. Hmm. So um, yeah, I would love you to take it away and Oh, sure. Yeah. Audience. Yes, absolutely. So as I said before, I I am a somatic therapist. I'm a workshop leader, a group leader, and the free gift that I have for people who are listening, it's a series of recordings that um, are accessed on my website. And each recording is a different embodiment practice. Uh, They're geared towards trauma healing. 
So they're geared towards helping us learn to come more safely into connection with ourselves, our body, our feelings, our sensations. And they are different exercises that you can do. You can do them every day if you'd like. You can do them once a week. Um, but they're great practices that will help you over time become more and more and more in your body and more able to connect to that felt sense we were talking about earlier, which is key. Connecting to the felt sense is key to both this work, healing inner critic work and healing trauma work is to be able to connect to the sensations in our body and stay present to them. So the exercises there are all geared towards helping people do that. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So you'll mm -hmm. find a link on this page and please go ahead and, uh, and get that free grief and, um, and do it. It's uh, such a beautiful offering. Thank you so much. Yeah, little act yeah. of self-love towards yourself each day, taking some time to work towards your own increasing embodiment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would love to be able to close with a uh, guided process if, if we have time for that. Yes, please okay. go ahead. Okay, yes. wonderful. And so this is a process to help us um, connect more into our worthiness, into the place of feeling uh, more acceptance towards ourselves, more compassion, and be able to draw on that in future times as a resource. A uh, really nice thing is to, when we are under an inner critic attack is to be able to find ways to return to that place of acceptance. And so I'm just going to guide everyone who's listening here. I'd like to invite you just if whatever you're sitting on, possibly feel your feet on the floor. It's nice to get a sense of grounding through our feet. And you may want to just wiggle a bit in your chair, kind of wake up your joints a little bit, help you give a, get a little bit more of a body awareness. And once you find a posture that's right for you, it doesn't have to be a perfect meditation posture. Just finding a place that supports your body. And I'm going to invite you as you drop into this place to see if you can think of a time where you felt appreciated. You felt appreciated or loved by someone in your life. Maybe it's a, 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 a partner, maybe a opening the door and getting like very excited, greeted by your child or a pet. Um, it could be uh, something at work where you're told that you did a good job or people were happy to see you. Yeah. Friends, you know, a friend seeing you and they, their face lights up. This kind of enthusiastic sense of um, you're good. We're happy to see you. You're enough. That sense of acceptance. that might be coming from another person you might think about people who have that effect on you on some some of the time or it might be coming from when you have felt a deep internal sense of acceptance a time where you had that awareness of i'm enough i'm a human being i make mistakes And I don't need to try and be bigger than I really am. I will often 
you know, do a good job, but I'll also make mistakes at times. I'm a good and caring person. I deserve to be treated with respect. I know what my gifts are. It's okay to have limitations. Just a sense that you're enough as you are. So as you're sensing into this time of acceptance, either by somebody else or the sense of acceptance about yourself, maybe there's images of people coming up or different events in your life. Notice what is happening in your body as you're having these feelings. Often people might feel like their shoulders start to relax a bit. There can be a, an expansion in the heart. Maybe your belly softens or you notice your breath is just a little bit easier. Yeah, just taking a moment to let yourself sink into this bodily sense of acceptance. Yeah, kind of anchor it. You know what it's like when you're with people that don't expect you to be a superhero or perfect, that treat you just loving you as you are. Because of course, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. We don't need to be perfect. We, we want to do the best that we can. We don't have to put this extra pressure on ourselves. If we make a mistake, we can work towards fixing it, correcting it, doing what we can to make it better, but not beating ourselves up over what's happened. And now I'm going to invite us to shift just briefly into noticing a time in your life where you felt judgmental towards yourself, where maybe you had the thought of, um, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, um, I, I, I just can't get it right, I'm a failure, you know, maybe I'm not rich enough, I'm not far enough in my career, I don't have enough friends, whatever it may be, just finding now what is the happens in your body? What is your experience? We start to just tap into this inner critic. What is your bodily response? When you hear the thoughts of your inner critic, what happens in your body? Yeah, just let yourself feel that. You maybe even exaggerate it a little bit more if you notice that your head goes down or your shoulders slump forward. Really let yourself move into that a bit. If your stomach tightens, let it tighten. If you feel like you have a little bit of on guard or defensiveness, yes, that makes sense. So let yourself just feel that. Yeah, what would your body say in this position? And we really want to 
This is part of the awareness. We want to bring it to a consciousness, flushing it out. And now I'm going to invite us to do the opposite, do the opposite of this pattern, shifting back into that state of acceptance. Maybe a movement in your body. You might find maybe your shoulders want to go back. Your breath might change. Maybe your head comes up a bit more. You might, your spine might lengthen a bit. Yeah, and feel this and just see what kind of images or feelings go with this now that you're moving into the opposite pattern. And sense here, if your body could speak, what would it say in this posture? What are the words that your body would say here? Well, maybe it's, you know, I can do this, or I don't have to listen to you. Or I'm, I'm good enough just as I am. And then I'm going to invite you to say, or to sense, not only is there something your body would say, but is there a movement that your body wants to do? If your body had any kind of response it could make towards that inner critic voice, is there a movement that wants to come? Do perhaps your arms want to push away? Or do your shoulders feel like they need to shrug off? Yeah, and does your neck feel like it needs to say, you know, get off my back? Maybe your arms need to come out a bit. Just explore what kind of movement, what kind of response wants to come if your body could do anything it wants to do. And if you'd like, if you're listening at home, you can go back and forth between these two places if you like, going into the inner critic a bit, feeling that, and then coming back out and doing the opposite of that pattern, shifting to this place of acceptance and response, that disengagement we talked about earlier. You know, there's this new movement coming into a new posture in our body, letting our body respond the way it wants, either with words or with gestures. This often enables other possibilities. Yeah, this new kind of rewiring, a new belief system can actually come from when we shift on our somatic body level. Yeah. And so then once again, just coming back wherever you are, let's return to this place of acceptance, remembering either a time, a person, a pet, or something inside yourself that just had that look of, wow, I really love you, and I'm glad you're here. And then when you're ready, I'll invite you to open your eyes. And as you open your eyes, maybe just let them look around the room that you're in, exploring, wherever they'd like to go. Hmm, landing here. And the here and now. Thank you so much. It's such a beautiful, beautiful um, somatic uh, experience of of the two 
um, states of being, right? And, and seeing the difference, really experiencing the difference in the body sensations in those states. It's, it's like embodying that understanding that we were just talking about uh, in this session and really seeing what happens in the body. Yeah, we often don't realize how much we can learn and discover about ourselves through our body. We think so much it has to come through our minds. And like you said, there's no real difference, but there's a wealth of wisdom and experience and energy here in our body that when we take the time to tap into it, can reveal so much to us. Yeah, absolutely. And so I have to wrap this beautiful mm -hmm. conversation. It's been so incredibly valuable and I really appreciate all that you brought um, and your beautiful energy and your beautiful vibe. Really enjoyed it. And uh, if people want to uh, reach out or work with you, what's the best place to find you? Uh, well, my website, I do lead a lot of groups. My my private practice, I, I don't take new clients because it's quite full, but um, I lead the group Path of Love. I facilitate Path of Love in many places. And that's an important process to really do a lot of deep healing of ourselves, our inner critic, inner child, and much, much more. And I also have other introductory groups. So please go to my website. It's premamckeever.com and you'll see everything there. Yeah. And Great. thank you so much for inviting me onto your summit here. I am so honored to be part of this. The work that you're doing is essential, absolutely essential. And how many people you're going to reach and how many people you're going to help and guide into new understandings of themselves and new layers and levels of healing is I, my hat's off to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank yeah, you. Really. Thank you. That's my sacred mission. It's bigger than me. I'm just showing up you know, with all my insecurities, with all my inner critic that I push away and, you know, because <laughs> yes. we all have that, right? None, you know, we, it's, it's a constant process. And, um, and uh, you know, I think that once we really connect to a, a mission that is bigger than us, that we know we have been placed on this earth to do it, then we have no other choice than doing it with all the... Um, mm -hmm. you know, as I said, insecurities and, and whatever comes in, in, in the way. So yeah, thank you for seeing that. And uh, yeah. I agree. I, I feel so honored um, to, to be able to, to follow this calling because I really, yeah, I mean, I think my biggest, biggest news is that I love this earth. I love the people and I, you know, I want to I wanna leave this place a better place for my children and for their children and generations yeah. to come. Wow, what an honor to sit with you. I feel your love mm -hmm. and that inspires me. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so yeah. much and blessings your way. And thank you for the beautiful work you do and mm -hmm. Thank you for shining so brightly and for your beauty and your, yeah, your passion and your heart. It's all really well received. Thank you so Thank you. much. Mm. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Ciao.